Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hear Me See Me podcast is sponsored by Zenoti, the number one cloud software for salons and spas. Because when people feel good, they find their greatness. I am Stuart Roberts, and I'm really excited to introduce my new podcast, Hear Me See Me. It's just over five years ago, I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people, some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. I'd had this idea after being inspired by a guy in America I'd seen cutting hair on the streets and seeing the difference it made to the guys who were there. This is more than a job. This is a calling. Hello, this is Stuart from Hear Me, See Me podcast. Today I've got a, a great guest with me. Um, he, he made a real nuisance of himself, kept messaging me and telling me he wanted me to come down to his project in Knightsbridge. And uh, I was so pleased when I did. Today I'm talking to Mr. Mark Harvey. How are you, sir? Afternoon, Stuart. It's a wonderful day, mate. How are you? Good to see you. Good to see you too, boss. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I, I forget. I, I, I know where I was. I was at a women's refuge in Tower Hamlets and you messaged me and that, and then we had a quick, uh, I phoned you back. Um, I was waiting to go in this other place, and your enthusiasm bought me immediately. I thought, I've got to go. Wherever, wherever he wants me to go, I'm going. <laughs> and it was in uh, Knightsbridge. Uh, tell me about that. Where, where, where was it we went? Yeah, the, the, uh, the charity called um, Glassdoor, and they, in previous years, have been running the night shelters in West London. Yeah. And, um, they usually have uh, five churches open every night and five different boroughs in yeah. West London, Chelsea, Hammersmith, um, Richmond, Kensington and Chelsea, and Acton. And they normally house 150 guys every night. And um, I go and I can't physically walk around. I've got a knackered back. But I go down and try and inject a little bit of madness into people's lives and have a laugh and a joke and try and keep up with people feeling positive. So it was, when I saw you, the effect that you have on people is just amazing. Um, one of the worst things about being homeless is the psychological pressure that people get put under. And when people feel better, when you get a nice haircut, which is what you do, and you do a wonderful job here in the team, it makes people feel so much better. And that little bit of niceness in people's lives can make a hell of a difference. And I'm so glad that you come down. Yeah, I, I was blown away because um, when I the first night I went there, and it's on a Friday night, mm. and um, you, you know I got out of the station and I walked, like, I walked past Harrods. I was in that part of town. And yeah. then I went down the side street and then uh, there I was in the midst of this area and there was uh, it's St. Columbus Church, isn't it? Um, and then we went downstairs and there was there, there had to be 80 people in there. Mm. 
you know, and they, there was people and they needed, you know, they was getting food. It's a wonderful atmosphere in there as well. But it was such a contrast for the area we were in. Yeah. That's what hit me. Nightbridge, you walk outside, you see Rolls Royces, Bentleys, Lamborghinis, um, and the charities on, on the Friday, that's, a, that's the Restart charity, that's the, um, they, once a week, they used to be in um, the um, St. Augustine's Church in um, Knight, Knightsbridge. Um, but they relocated to the St. Columbus, the Scottish Church, the Scottish Church. Yeah, Scottish, yes. And um, it's a massive hall. Yeah. And people can have, have their own space around the place. And um, it's a whole more relaxed atmosphere. Yeah. It was wonderful. I, you know, like, and, um, it, you know, it, it, it was a good meal. You know, everyone got a good meal. There was, as you say, there was plenty of space so people could have their own space. Mm. Um, you was there with, with clothes as well, wasn't you? Yeah. Um, uh, and then we, we set up in a corner. Um, it, it was just, it blew my mind. I, mean, I think that's, that was the thing. It was a contrast of where, where we were and then all of those people in dire need in an area like that, which just proves that it, it's across the board, isn't it? This, this this homelessness. Yeah, well, I was homeless myself in that area about um, fifteen years ago. Right, <laughs> and uh, it is interesting, um, but um, you, we need to reach out to individuals and keep individuals strong. Yeah, you know, it's like and. Um, I can't do much because I'm knackered my back. I've got five prolapse discs. Right. Um, so um, what I can do is pass on my little bit of positivity. Yeah. So um, I love helping them places. I know. You know and, uh, giving out gloves and socks, hand warmers and yeah. anything else, coats, anything we can get our hands on. It makes a hell of a difference. So t- tell me about you, Mark. What? You know, because I'm always interested in people's motivations, and you know, like take me back to like your your younger life. What, what oh, my younger me. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if you guess I'm from Liverpool. I really, I, I'm so sure. I hide it well. He's <laughs> scally. <laughs> oh man, you do not know how much of a scally I used to be when I was scally. <laughs> I was telling someone the other day, but when I got my first bed sit, um, this is a testimony here, and I wanted a Bible because I was studying the Bible age 17. I was really into my, into my Bible. And I went to a church and I stole a Bible. <laughs> and I didn't even see the irony of it because no. I was a little scally. It was like, I want a Bible. Then they've got them and they're not using them. I want to use it so I'm having it. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's brilliant. Um, I will. I, I always said I'll go back and replace the Bible. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I, I, um, I got myself into photography, right? Um, and I, I ran. I had my own little business, freelance photographer in Liverpool, doing events, weddings, and bar mitzvahs. Um, and then I got a driving ban, which was the best thing that ever happened to me. Because I couldn't work as a photographer. 
So I decided to go back to college for a year. Right. But I did arts development management and moved over into video. Right. They had the video editing suite. And at, at the end of that um, year at college, a job came up in the Beeb for trainee cameramen. Right. I applied. It was 4,000 applications for four jobs. And lo and behold, I managed to get through it. And they yeah. took me on in 1989. Right. And I was a cameraman BBC for 15 years. Really? And um, best job in the world. It was so much fun, mate. Working in the television centre in London. Yeah. Every day, walking into the fun factory. It was brilliant. Um, what sort of shows was you working on? Oh, everything. My very first show I, I did a camera on was uh, News Night with Jeremy Paxman. <laughs> and I thought, oh, he's just sat at a desk, it'll be easy. Yeah. And he was, Jordan Hazel sat there, and then the show started, and he started doing all of this and moving around. <laughs> and I was, I was panicking, oh, no! It might not seem a lot, but, um, yeah, um, we used to work on... Um, Jamie Paxman, Wogan, Top of the Pops, oh, yeah. Lazy with Jewels, They Think It's All Over, Never Mind the Buzzcocks. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then in summer, when the studios get a bit quieter, we go and do outside broadcasts. Right. So you get to do Formula One, Silverstone, you get to do Ascot, you go to all the races. I loved Ascot. Ascot was so good because... I'm not sure if you know, I'm a little bit of a rebel. <laughs> so, because Ascot is so formal, I'm, your BBC cameras, you're there for four days rehearsal and everything, and I'd get the old boys coming in, excuse me, you can't go in there. No, excuse me. And I'd say, excuse me, BBC, access all areas, Fox, not Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, I, I just I just loved it. Yeah. Um, I've had a very blessed life. Yeah. You know, it's been wonderful. And um, 50, like I say, 15 years of good fun. Yeah. What 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 made you go away from that then? What 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 finished that after 15 years? Well, I was working on uh, I was working on Parkinson swinging a crane on Parkinson. Yeah. And they have them old dinosaur cranes. And um, long story short, the guy that was tracking it made a mistake. And I was swinging a crane with a man on the front of the camera. And um, he made a mistake. I had an accident. Right. I dislocated my collarbone, damaged my neck, yeah. five discs in my back, gone at once. Right. And that was the end of my uh, BBC career. That's a shame. And, um, off work for a year. And then they decided to sack me after a year. They found them because they were getting ready to close television centre. Yeah. So they're looking reason to try and save on redundancy. And um, they sacked me and I was too naive to to um, see it coming. Yeah. I was very, oh, the BBC, oh, the BBC, you know, everyone's fine. And <laughs> um, Yeah, so I ended up, that's how I lost my career at BBC. Yeah. So... But then there's a there's you you ended ended your career. I mean, being off work for a year rehabilitating is really tough. I mean, only when I had my knee done, I only had three months. But it's it's hard going, isn't it? To to then be, um, but then you've said that now. I've got to, I've got to ask because you said fifth like 
15 years ago, you was, you was homeless in the same area. Yeah. Well, did that go from that to that? If well, you don't I'd, mind. I'd lost my health. And when I, when I had my accident, I not only lost the, um, the ability to go to work, hardly work. And um, so I lost my, but at the end of when, the, when I was sacked at the BBC, I lost my health. Yeah. Um, I'd gone from being 14 hours a day on a camera, no problem, to, oh my goodness, I'm going to walk over the road. How am I going to do this? And that messed my head up completely. Yeah. Um, I'd lost my job, I'd lost my career. Yeah. Um, I owned a house in West London. Um, the marriage fell to pieces. Um, and then one day I, I just walked, I, I ended up at the place. Um, and then one day I did the red to parent, I just got up and just walked out the house and jumped on the train and ended up um, in Dorset in December. Yeah. I just got off a train in, um, wait, no, where was it? On the South Coast. I've got a train to Dorset and got off and thinking, where am I? And it's December. Yeah. Uh, just before Christmas. And um, I, I just spent 10 months walking around, just walking and sleeping in doorways and anywhere I'd get my head down. And it took me 10, 10 months to get my head together to realise. Well, what got my head together was actually the next September. And I thought I was walking in the, in the West London. And I thought, what happens next? Oh, yeah, October and November. No, you can't do two years on, in, can't do two winters. No, that is stupid, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and that's what really got my head together because I, I knew I'm coming into another winter and I need to get my head together. I can't do two winters. Yeah. Um, I got saved when I was in my first winter. Somebody yeah. took me in and... Um, after they fed me for the week, well, they were trying to feed me. And after five days, me, me saying no to food, this woman sitting around and started screaming, like, Mark, you've got to eat from it. I was just sat there for five days, shaking, shivering. Yeah. And I realized, looking back, that I had hypothermia. And I was so close to not being here. Yeah. If that person hadn't taken me in, I wouldn't be here. No. So, um, that, that's how I first encountered homelessness. Yeah. And I knew nothing about it before. Actually, when I was at BBC, I used to, I used to occasionally go to the after show parties. <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> um, one, I, I was living in uh, Notting Hill, and I used to wait until the end of the after show party, and I'd get the big silver sounders, and I'd get all the bits of food, the chicken and sandwiches and yeah. cakes and what have you. And I'd rack them up and I'd take them back and there was always someone sleeping up at Notting Hill Station. Yeah. There was a few guys there and I would take them, oh, guys, I've got some food here, help yourselves. And they loved it. I did that for every part I, I, I could do it at. Because yeah. I hate seeing food go to waste. Yeah. And I just like to help people. So, yeah. um, unfortunately, I didn't realise that, that was a prelude into this is where you'll be soon. <laughs> so, um, uh, 
Yeah, it, it, it was wonderful. It was, it was, it was wonderful. It, it's amazing, isn't it? The things that, that, that come across that, that, that mould our life, you know, that, um, that some of the worst times define, they, they, they make us who we are. And it's hard to be grateful for those bad times, but they sort of improve us in, in a way. You know, I'd yeah. rather not go through them, but I end up better for it at the mm. end. Very much so. Um, you know, um, adversity is the best educator, is uh, one of one quote I remember. Um, if you go through life without any problems, you don't learn anything. No. When you, when you go to adversity, you learn. <laughs> you know, it's a great educator. So um, I'm thankful for my experience. Yeah. Because I can honestly say that since I left the beef, um, I've done more to help people mm. now than what I would, when I ever did at beef. At the BBC, I was, well, I was making children for the eyes is what I called it. Mm. You know, and it, 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 it's, it's an irrelevance. And I always, I always felt guilty when I was there because I, want, I wanted to make a difference to people before I joined the beam. And then I got there and it was, right, when you're doing a show, right, okay, and how does it affect anybody? It doesn't. No. All the shows I worked on, all the, you know, people I met and what have you, all the after-show parties. Yeah. <laughs> it counts for nothing. No. It was an experience. Um, but really, it didn't touch anybody, really. Mm. And now, since then, I've started doing um, charity work, set up City Harvest in 2010, started doing food redistribution. Yeah. Um, because I realised how much food was being wasted when I was sleeping up. And I realised that we can get that food and take it to charities. So um, now City Harvest has got uh, nine, ten vans, all chiller freezer vans. Right. It's getting a new warehouse. It's doing about 40 tonnes of food a week, free of, free of charge. Yeah. And delivering it to charities all over London. So that was my, my legacy to the world. Yeah. So, it because it's funny. It, I, we've got different stories, but there's them always them similarities, you know. And the person I was twenty five years ago, mm-hmm. um, I wanted all these things, but I didn't realise how blessed I was because I wanted all these things, and I had so many things there that I didn't appreciate. Because I had a young family, I had a home, I had all these things. But I was so busy chasing this other stuff that I didn't appreciate what I had. And then it got to the point of really nearly losing it all because, you know, I had to get sober. And it went, you know, 15 years ago nearly. That changed my life. And everything started to change. And what I always wanted was already there. And I nearly threw it away, you know. Uh, and I'm only, you know, I only, but I only kept it just. Mm. I've got so many 
friends, brothers who have have lost it, you know. And that's why I'm even more grateful that I managed to keep it, you know. Mm. But it's it's it was only by a wife of a wife of Fred, you know. Yeah, well, when, when you say you can't see it, is that why they call it being blind rule? Yeah. Yeah, you can't see it because it, it is. It blinds you to the reality already that that's where you are. Well, you're numbing off, aren't you? And what our, what, our, what our friends do when mm. we see them on the street, it's really funny because I don't know if you can hear it from your end, but my kids are great. They've all kept quiet when I'm recording, but I've got this parrot. <laughs> <laughs> it does all. So if you hear phone noises, it's screaming at the phone. <laughs> so, <laughs> I can't make quiet. He's my parrot, but but at least he's not swearing. But um, yeah, it, it, it's <laughs> it's uh, it's just it, it, it's just that that thing that we we sometimes don't value what's there, and 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 why do we have to go through all this to start to appreciate what we've got? Yes, it blinds us. I mean. Life can blind us. I, I was I spent fifteen years, but it's all for a reason though. I mean, yeah. there's one thing that I got off the beam, which is like now I've got a pension. Yeah. Which uh, I'm I'm because of my accident that I've got access to early, and that's gonna um, be there for me. So that's a crutch that I've got. I don't have to rely on, on the although I'm in, although I'm getting benefits. Um. The large majority is my own pension, so that gets the reduce of my benefits. Yeah. Um, and I think having that security frees me up. Yeah. To know that I can do stuff. And without the BBC, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. So um, God works in mysterious ways, Stuart. You know, it's like we all know how, why. Lord, give us a clue. What's going on? <laughs> I don't understand what's going on. I know you're in there. I know you've got it. But I don't understand. I'm just trying to be still. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. But um, try to keep the faith. Yeah. And know that the Lord's in control. That is wonderful. I mean, I spoke to so many people and reintroduced them to God because a lot of people are so disillusioned. Yeah. And they see me walking as a little mad scally. And I'm sitting there, yeah, cha 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 cha, talking raw because I do meet people where they are. Yeah. Um have you read the book there, The Cross and the Smith Blade? It's about somebody's conversion because you know, some guy converted but it's a person killed someone and he's a bit of a bad lad. And there's uh, one sentence that says, Lord, save me from comfortable Christians. And um Christians get themselves all nice and clean, but then don't want to go back in the water to get dirty. Yeah. And we've got to get back in the water. It's not about saving me. You can't save people if you're trying to be too clean yourself. And um, I love, well, I love chatting to the guys and they go, listen, you, you love, you all love God, don't you? And then they, and then raising questions and having conversations. Um, and just walking in faith, mm. you know, and, and knowing, letting people know that when they're going through the worst. I talked to a girl the other day and she was saying, we'd have a good conversation and she'd gone through hell and um, punked up and metal up all over the place. 
um, lips, earrings, and it was pierced, and you could see there was rebellion in her in her head. And I know that she, when she was young, she was a, she was she used to go to church regularly, and she got turned off by this church. And we had a good conversation about it. Well, what happened? Now I know through my experience of churches, going to churches, there's people in there that are in it for themselves. They're not to do with God. Well, they all got something to do with God, but they're about self-serving, and I call them out. I mean, I'm, with myself, I love God and I love God, and that's it, Lord. I'm blessed and I'm pleased to be here. Um, but this poor girl, she had a nightmare, and I was so and so with the mother, and I was using some preachy language. <laughs> I was the effing and jeffing here and there. And the mum said, Look, Christians do swear. And I'm like, Yeah, I'm a real person. God understands you. Don't let them idiots who are there to save themselves put you off. The Lord's real. And she got a totally real fresh point of it. We had a really good conversation. And the next day I emailed the mum and said, I'm sorry about the future language. And the mum um, messaged me back and said, Mark, I'm so grateful. She said, My daughter's locked herself away for years. She doesn't communicate with anybody. The conversations you had with you, I've never seen her have that type of conversation. And I thank God that like, I can reach out to people and say, this is where you are, let's talk. And like you said, I wish there was a clue as to what we're doing. And I hope I'm on the right path. And I thank God in my heart that I am, because it's not about me. And if we can reach out and save people and let them know, that makes a hell of a difference. The thing is, what's what I love is um, it's just your passion um, because I in my in my uh, journey is a bit cliche, but in my journey doing what I've done for the last six years with haircuts Families, I've worked with so many different people of faith of different, mm. of, of every faith. You know, I, I I've worked with Muslims, Hindus, and you know. I, I've worked in different sort of uh, like Salvation Armies and all these things. Yep. And I've, I've come across people, as you say, some are authentic. Some, some do what they say and roll this. Like some, I, I loved it when someone said to me years ago, I always say, uh, God moves mountains, but you better bring a shovel. <laughs> yeah, like that one. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's about action. You know, yeah. you can't pontificate. You can't sit around. It's about people who do what they say. Mm. Uh, and, you know, even uh, I love chatting to people about that because what, what I basically love is their passion and, and if, they are, if they are really doing something about it. And, uh, and, and I've been so lucky to meet so many people. Uh, and, and the thing is, Mark, your, your power is your experience which leads to trust. Mm. You're, you're an authentic person you've, you've, you've not studied it you've lived it so when you, when you connect to people on that level um, and I get a bit of that myself sometimes they, they know you're telling the truth yeah know, you know and that's why you do so much work you know and that's when you can reach out to people in those places because some people can't yeah I mean I had, a, I had quite a bad opinion in Liverpool, believe it or not. Um, and I did a bit of dancing with idiots, as you do in life. And I'm blessed that I look back at them time. 
And I thank God that it made me the character that I am. I mean, I've been there. I've, I've, I've stepped into dark places. I've walked to that valley of the shadow. And I've come out the other side. And as a result, I'll step into people who've involved, got issues. And I'll tell them straight. Because people need to know that what you're saying is real. And if somebody wants to kick off, I'm there and I'm saying, look, I love you. And I'm not forced. Face bombard, bombard, face. No. You know what I mean? I'm, saying, mm-hmm. I'm telling this for you. And you know what I get out of it? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. You know what I want out of it? You. I want you to be better. Yeah. And I'm doing this because I care for you. I might not know you, but I care for you. You're the child of God and you are love. Yeah. And I'm, 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 I'm blessed. I've been into so many head-to-head situations where where it could kick off. Yeah. And I'll go, yeah, okay, fine. I'm being here, not a problem. Not a problem. Yeah. And I just turn to the Lord with me every day and I go, yeah, I'll do it. And, and I'll just do it. And then um, the experience that we have in life, if you haven't got that experience, a lot of people can't go into them situations. They can't go to somebody who's upset or disturbed or making bad decisions because they're so exhausted because they get two hours sleep a night. Yeah. And therefore they're making bad decisions. And therefore the way they interact with people is not right. And because people are petrified, I've, I've, I've been through many situations. I thank God that he took me through them all and I can reach out to people and I'm prepared to. Yeah. You know what I mean? I understand that people can't. Some people can't. And we're, we're all different. We've all got different skills and different qualifications in life. And that's where the Lord brought us all to this, wherever we are now. Yeah. I'm not any better than anybody else. Uh, you've, you've reminded me of a funny enough it was in it was in Liverpool I was at a project we've got in Liverpool and yeah. it was at the wonderful Whitechapel Centre I know the Whitechapel Centre oh. I, took, I took them food and hand warmers and stuff up there. amazing people <laughs> you know, I, was, I was in there and it was a bit hectic in there sometimes yeah it's a busy place <laughs> there was a guy in there and he, I, I was um, I was to the first time I went I went there the first time and I'd done this big thing on Facebook. Oh, hairdressers of Liverpool, come and help me. And I went all the way up. Yeah. I think there was going to, I was taking someone with me. They couldn't come. They was ill. It, bottom line is I ended up on my own. So I was ended up on my own. Yeah. <laughs> in the White Chapel, yeah. White Chapel Centre. They put me in a cupboard and these blokes slaughtered me because I was a cockney. They, yeah. <laughs> they ruined me. Absolutely <laughs> ruined me. And I got right. I felt so. I remember the train drive, the train journey home was really long. I was on my own, and I was really <laughs> fed up. But we we went again, and uh, we've got a great team there now. <laughs> and um, it's a wonderful, wonderful place. And, and uh, but even this time we went, it, it, there was a guy in there, and he was he was making he was a real pain in the backside. Yeah, you know, yeah. he was a right pain, and he was making everyone feel bad. It was an extra busy session. We didn't have a lot of room. Um, and he was going on and kicking off and going on, and I'm only human, you know. Like I'm not, a, I'm not a saint, so I'm thinking, oh, you're getting on my, you're getting on my nerves now, mate. Because yeah, <laughs> the reason God gave you a middle finger. Anyway, I just, you know, and on the way out of that session, he he was outside, and he was still kicking off, 
but I I could listen I could hear him then because it was and he was all he was saying was look I'm soaking wet I've got no shoes all I want is a pair of fucking trainers mm. <laughs> yeah right? and I thought he's soaking wet he's got no shoes I would be angry you know all he, he, he's it's all he's asking for is a pair of dry shoes. Yeah. They gave that they it weren't that they didn't want to give it to him. He just he was so angry he couldn't get out. Couldn't articulate it. Yeah. And this is the thing. It's it, it's what people sometimes they see this anger and everything, but they don't see the need underneath it, do they? Yeah. When I was at school, I had problems articulating my problems too. The authorities are not never forgive themselves for although it's it's good because when you when you see people who are angry upset, you know they're trying to get a message across. But people don't take the time to listen. It's easier to walk away and go, that's a crazy mad person, I'm walking away. But sometimes well every time that person just needs someone to say, right, let's talk about this. And with my background, I'm like, yeah, let's talk. And I'll go forward and chat with them. And because of the experience I've been through in my younger days, that I can, I'm prepared to do that. And where a lot of people don't, and that person is left to ruminate, to feel isolated, to feel negative. We you know there's, there's too many people that are sleeping on the streets that end up committing suicide. Yeah. Mental health is a killer. And of all the places, People just need someone real to reach out and touch me. And I thank God and I Lord guide my peace every day. That I'm, I'm, I'll do that. I will reach out to people. And um, like yourself say, it's just somebody who's trying to express themselves. But they've had no sleep. They're tired. They haven't eaten. They're freezing cold. They're wet. And they're just... And they're frustrated because they tried to speak to people and it hasn't been heard. And I don't get frustrated. I'm afraid that somebody listen to me. Yeah. You know, and it's, it takes, we need to get dirty and get back in the water. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it, it, what you do is it reaches out to people that makes that connection and that makes it, that makes a hell of a difference. I think what's what we're we're in a sort of privileged position because the nature of what we do, we literally lay, lay hands on people, mm. and I think that makes that's is the secret that I've 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 found is that it it's that touch that we 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 break the connection we break the barrier down just by that you know that touch on the shoulder that you know that running the, the you know right what are we yeah. doing today mate you know the minute you do it. It's just, it's a connection. Um, and when they've got so many barriers and so much fear, you see that evaporate. You can feel it. You can feel their shoulders just slow down a bit. Um, and I've done it. I've, taken, I've, I've chanced my arm a few times, and been, I've had a big, angry person. I go, shut up, give us a cuddle. And <laughs> I'm going to get yeah. you one of these days. <laughs> it normally works, you know. <laughs> Once, once you acknowledge people, it makes a hell of a difference. Yeah. It, 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 it's, 
it removes a lot of the frustration that, yeah, I'm, I'm here and I'm prepared to listen to you. Tell me, tell me what's going on. Yeah. You know, talk. I'm, I'm, I'll listen to you and find out, and I'll find it helping as I can. But like you say, a lot of people, they, a lot of people, when there's people on the streets, people walk past, people get blanked all day. Yeah. It's like they're invisible souls sat in the wet, in a cold doorway or in the stairs or anywhere where people find themselves. My experience of homelessness, what I never realized is how much you listen when you're sleeping up. You sit there quiet and you just listen to everything. When you try and get your head down, you find the same spec. You spend all day walking around going, oh, that's a nice place, that's a nice place. And then eventually when you do settle down, you sit there and then you have to wait until everything's quiet before you can relax. Yeah. And you, you sit there listening to every band's crap. That's over there, that's 10 foot away. That's a cat. Oh, that's a little fairy thing running around. I'll ignore that. And people are so tuned, fine-tuned to the environment, but nobody fine-tunes to them. Yeah. Um, I had one experience when I was in um, Dorset. I, I was in a, a pub. I went into a pub on freezing night. I think it was... Two or three months after I was sleeping, we hadn't walked for two or three months. And there was this couple on the dance floor, two couples on the dance floor, doing the samba. And I sat there and I was watching them and I was, I'm trying to find them out, how does this rhythm work? Because it's, it's, it, it's, it's out of time with, 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 the, with, the, with the music and the beats. And I, was, and I said to them, how does this samba work? And the girl said, let me take you on, I'll show you. And I had a couple of dances, I had to dance with this girl. And then afterwards, I come out to the pub and I realised I hadn't showered for three months. I must have stunk like to high heaven. Yeah. But this girl didn't mention a thing. And I realised I've just had some connection with someone that was wonderful. I really... That really lifted my spirits. Oh, mate. You know, and it's like, you just meet people where they are. Yeah. Because it's happened to me. And prior to that, I was, I was isolated. I remember sitting there, I had a, when I faced it, this piece, I had a summer shirt on. And I remember tapping the shirt and watching the whole front of the shirt moving like a piece of cardboard. <laughs> and I was thinking... Yeah, that's a little bit boozy. <laughs> <laughs> I've had some I've had some wonderful smelly hugs in my time. <laughs> I know. It's, it's like, listen, you are human, you know. Yeah. Oh I thank God for the sense of smell. Yeah. <laughs> it, it and, and that's the thing, isn't it? It, it I remember when I first started doing it and you'd walk in somewhere and they've all got that they've all got that same smell, haven't they? If there's that sort of same, you know, the minute you walk in, you know it. And but like it's really like ten minutes and you've forgotten it. Yeah. It, it, you get what they call it, nose blight or something, but you you get advertised to it and it's Yeah. It's, and and you see the person behind it. But a lot of people don't no. get past that initial it's about, it can be about, it can be a barrier if people allow it to be a barrier. Yeah. You know, uh, I remember getting on a night bus in Trafalgar Square 
or being and then all the all the nightclubs got on and I was sat at the back of the bus and I was honking. Yeah. And all these kids get on, yeah, yeah, chat, chat, chat. And they all they sat in a chair in front of me and they suddenly went, yeah, 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 yeah. And they looked at me and I thought, yeah, whatever, get on with it. <laughs> I've got other things to worry about. <laughs> I knew I was yeah, like some out of the beano. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's life, it's reality. If, if, you, yeah. if people can get past that and see the humanity of the person, yeah. then that makes a hell of a difference. And it, it, it saves people. It saves people. People that yeah. are on the edge, it, it saves them genuinely. And um, as, you, as you said earlier about the mental health aspect, I was so shocked when I first started to do the work, that how many people are suffering with with them. You know, like, where did the care in the community go? Because they was all, it was said to be caring. You know, they've been just left. There's people with chronic mental health conditions and they're just yeah. left. Um, and it's if it wasn't for the people in these places that we visit, they'd, they'd be completely um, cut off from society. Yeah. And the suicide rate, as you say, it's, it's horrendous at the moment. Mm. You know, um, I don't even think they're really saying numbers, but it must have increased with the situation we're in. Oh, it has. It has. I mean, there's been so many people since the pandemic has kicked off. People have lost their jobs. They've lost their house. They can't pay the rent. Yeah. Um, every private landlord is not a charity. They don't do it for the, for the fun of it. They have mortgages to pay. Yeah. And, um, I know by I, I go down to like even soup kitchen and acting homeless and into town and you know that pizza people black store and people that have lost their jobs and that's a genuine thing. It's 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 people on the first time. But I love the way the Lord moves in it. Last year, well, year before last or last year was it? I'd 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 be giving out clothes and stuff in the back of my car and um, I had a pair of shoes I was holding on to this pair of shoes for some reason and I was like why, why must I got these shoes I don't know and then I went to a uh, night shelter in um, just Kensington and a guy followed me out of the car I went out to get some stuff out of the car and this guy followed me out there and said have you got shoes and I said well and this guy was a restaurateur he'd, he'd He'd, he'd been in the restaurant for the years. He knew his buddy was an intellectual Eastern European guy. And um, I turned around and looked at his shoes. And he had a pair of classic Tom and Jerry. The top of the shoe was separated from the sole. And I said, what size are you? He's ten of us. These are yours. I said, perfect. Thank you, Lord. Now I understand why I'm holding on to them. They're made for this guy. <laughs> Walking in faith is a great thing. And the guy was so happy. Um, but he, again, he is someone who had a job, he had a, he was making his money, he was paying rent, and yeah. then the job went. Um, what's happening in the high street now is it's devastating. Yeah. I, I, on the news last night about uh, one of these online companies, Boohoo, quite aptly named the thought, Boohoo. <laughs> and they bought um, Dorothy Perkins and they're shutting down all the fronts and all the shops. They just want the brand name. Mm. Now, there's um, two and a half hours of people think it's going to be made redundant there. 
Yeah. Two and a half thousand people won't be getting um, housing. They yeah. won't be able to pay for their housing. There's there's families behind them that are going to be impacted by this. The amount of rent nowadays and the amount of housing benefit that people get, there's yeah. such a difference. If people can't make up that shortfall, no. then before long they're going to be in trouble. And unfortunately, the government's let the free market get a get ahead of what they're prepared to pay. Yeah. And these people will be in trouble. It's snowing out. Look out the window now. I can see snow. And like, link it there. I mean, I went swimming. Yeah. Well, I was a tough little bugger. You know what I mean? I, I grew up working in Liverpool. I, I did my training in the army cadets. I did my night escape with raisins. I, I was I was a bit of an action man when I was younger. And I had a bit of experience all <laughs> One thing I remember when I was getting ready to hit the streets was over week things were not going right for the thought, I need to plan for this. I can tell I'm gonna end up something's gonna happen. So yeah. I remember getting two boxes of matches and a and a tea light, no little candle. And I sat there one night, just dipping my head to the matches in the candle and getting whacked and putting them back in the box. Because I knew I needed waterproof matches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like getting like nine foot of cord and I was slowly patting the bag because my head was telling me there's something going wrong, get ready. And I feel like I was being led and so I got prepared for it. I got prepared for it. Yeah. And... Um, a lot of people won't be, they're just, now what, you can't pay, they'll take it away. Yeah. When, when they go around to the television programme where they follow the high court officers. Yeah. They, they knock on people's door and go, we're here to repossess your house. Yeah. And people think, well, I've got a month. And no, that was the, that was the um, county court, we're high court. You're going now, you've got like yeah. one hour. Yeah. And people find themselves in that situation and they haven't got a clue. No. And then when they get on the streets, the lack of sleep, because you can't go to sleep until you know it's safe. And that's when you sit and you listen. Yeah. Because you, you don't know how safe it is. You've got to make sure that. No, there's no one there. And then you slowly get your head down and you wake up two hours later and you're so exhausted. This is why um, in Guantanamo Bay, they use sleep deprivation as a torture. Of course. And then people can't, and you can't expect people to make rational decisions. No. You know, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed that I've had the experience. Otherwise, I'd have never realised it. No. I'd have never realised and as you say, it's only kind of we're, we're we're I think we're on the cusp of a, a of quite a, a another epidemic of homelessness and um, you know it's got to be because of the the effects of the pandemic you know like I I, I know it I try and keep things upbeat as much as I can but yeah <laughs> got to be realistic you know like the the the, the casualties the the commercial casualties are going to be. Uh, the high street, and then, but it's the knock-on effect. It isn't just a, um, a store shutting down. It's the jobs. It's the support. It's everything. And it, everything goes a ripple effect out, you know. Yeah. Um, 
but that's thank God that there's people out there who who, who can at least there is some help. You know, um, this yeah. doesn't come always from where it should come from, but at least you know I've witnessed it. There's so many people, people like yourself who, who who are willing to put it on the line and keep going and helping people. Well, people like you, like you, what you're doing, you and the teams are people that the wonderful people that you work with, and I'm not just brown over here. I mean, you have some wonderful teams that go and support people, get that, get stuck in, and and some lovely characters, and that lightens people's loads. Yeah, and that, that puts their head in a totally different place, and 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 that can make hell of a difference. I, I want to start. I want to do something next after after um, after the founder city harvest. Um, and I've been freed up from that. Um, the next one that we're going to be doing is called the Social Enterprise Team. That's it, yeah. The social, tell me about that, the Social Enterprise Team. Well, it's um, there's myself and two others, Bruce Marquardt and my friend Patrick Recamp, and he's, uh, and we're looking to to do something to to raise money. We're going commercial. We're looking for opportunities to help homeless people and people in general um, so that we can give people skills. We're looking to go into training and we're looking at several options um, and we want to raise money so that we can put the money into doing something positive, ideally housing yeah. to get people off the street to give that support um, through social housing because people can't survive on on the on the market value of property and the difference with the benefit rate that they get, and it affects so many people. It affects whole families and generations. So we want to um, create opportunities for homeless people to to make money. I've got lots of experience. Bruce's got lots of experience. Patrick, oh, luckily, we've got a great team together. Um, and we will be looking, once we get through winter, every year in the past, I mean, I go through the year doing um, the food redistribution with City Harvest, and I'll get try and prepare for September, yes. September, because that's when winter kicks in, and that's when people need, and we just try and survive, help people get through the winter. For the last 10 years, that's all I've done. Let's get ready for September. Yeah, we've got to get the hand warmers, scarves, gloves, Packed sleeping bags, um, and like now we're. Ju- I'm just trying to help people survive, get through the winter, and yeah. then hopefully the next couple of months when it gets when it gets better, then I can start. We can start concentrating on taking the social enterprise team forward. But yeah. uh, we do intend to create opportunity for people. Yeah. Um, when, when I got kicked out of City Harvest uh, a couple of years ago. I spent a year studying how to sell on Amazon. I just I sat at home bored, um, and I thought I'm going to watch these videos. So I watched the videos. I did a little bit of training online, and then I set up with a friend of mine uh, years ago. He had the business, um, sat supplying hotels. I said, "Look, let's start selling on Amazon." I studied it for a year. Know what I'm doing? So we said, "Okay." So we start doing it. Uh, the fifth of, of February. And I said, look, it's Valentine's Day. We've got to get online. We've got to start pushing this stuff. And look, it's not Valentine's Day. That's a big payer. So uh, in three months, we'd had, I think, 18,000 pounds worth of sales from nothing. 
Yeah. From absolutely nothing. And then after three months, I said to my mate, I said, um, how are we going to split the profits? And his eyes went black. I thought, oh, no. I could just tell you you're a greedy little shark. <laughs> and I said, you know what? Money's not my God. I don't need this. Yeah. I've, just built, I've just built up one business from nothing and got it robbed off me. <laughs> I said, no, I'm not having this. So I just took everything offline. Yeah. But, it, but with myself, it was, it was good to know that I can start from nothing and build yeah. something up. Yeah. You know, and um, and I'll do it again. And the skills I've got, I'll pass them on to somebody else gladly and watch somebody else make loads of money. Yeah. And then, and I'll be happy because I'll be busy helping somebody else. Then that person can teach somebody else. Yeah. They'll reach one, teach one. It's paying it forward, isn't it? It's keep yeah, and it's like, yeah. I'm living the blessed life. I mean, I'm still out there. I've got a roof over my head. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going skinny in case you have no skills. <laughs> I'm living a blessed life. Yeah. And the only thing I've got to fear is fear itself, and I don't have fear. No. You know what I mean? It's like, I know the Lord's in it. Like you say, the advert, when you go through the bad times, that's when you learn. Yeah. I don't mind going through bad times. Um, I don't like it. No. But I know I'll survive. Yeah. The glory again. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so, um, so I'm looking forward to doing something, all the skills I've learned in the past, moving it into, into, into doing something to help people. And you, you, you're aiming for September. So, you know, like spring comes, then you spend that time building, getting ready. Yeah. And then, then you can push, push your initiative forward for then. Well, what we'll do, I'll put all the links on. You get the links to me. We'll put them all on. And, um, you know, I'll be interested to watch how it grows. The, the, and, and, and if you need me, I'll be there, mate. You know, like, well, Stuart, listen, anything I can do, I'm happy to get my dog. If you can find some products still on eBay, mate, I can make you some money. <laughs> <laughs> on, on Amazon. On Amazon, honestly, it's, it is it is such a such a wonderful way of making coinage. And then yeah. you can do something with the money that you make. That's the thing, isn't it? <laughs> you know, it's not, you know, it doesn't, it's not a bad thing. But, you know, that you need business, you need people to make money. But then it's, as you said, as long as you don't make it your God, as long as you use it in a positive way, yeah. You know, without it, you've got no fuel in the you've got no petrol in the car, you ain't going nowhere. Exactly. I'm afraid it's yeah. I'm afraid it's a necessary thing. It's a necessary uh, evil and uh, yeah. And I, the skills that we have got, the skills that you've got, the opportunities that you've got, um the the lessons that you've learned in life, the lessons that I learned in life, if yeah. we all pull together and work as a team. This is the thing. Mate, we can do so much. Yeah, I, mean, I can guarantee. I, I I can talk to you privately. I know products <laughs> that you can actually go for, <laughs> mate, and it would make money. Yeah. It would make money on Amazon, and Stuart will have to talk because I, I know that I, I know myself. I know your horse. I know it's about it's about giving. I know it's about giving. I know it's about helping other people. With you, we can work. Yeah. And, and we can make a big difference. And thank God for the opportunity to, to reach out and reach people and, and make a difference every day, Lord. <laughs> I, get, I get so many blessings. I say, I'm getting all these blessings because God's trying to make up for making me a ninja. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, look, I can't think of a better way to end it on, mate. No, everything you just said it. Everything is love. You don't have to agree with me. I'm not a minger. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I can't wait to share it. Um, uh, and as I say, we we'll put the links on for everything, uh, and we make sure we get a message out there. And mate, I can't wait to come back and, and join you. Um, hopefully, in a not too distant future. But well, um, thanks again, Mark. Thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Cheers. We've got ahead of us, but we'll get there. We will. Yeah. See you soon, mate. Just over five years ago, I did something that changed my life. What it did, more than I could have ever realised, it helped me. I have met some absolutely amazing people, some of the people that work in some of these places. Many of them are volunteers, but some of them, it is their job. This is more than a job, this is a calling.